Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we have been dragged kicking and screaming back to the Canberra Cookers because they just keep on keeping on fuck yeah, on yeah keep keeping on being utter bastards with bloated senses of entitlements where they treat the nation's capital like their personal garage with ensuite for shitting and pissing just so they don't step in it yeah and we've got much much more on today's show including a celtic sovsit who's crowned himself the king of wales hey which is going to make charlie windsor the prince of wales a bit put out Ooh. and we've got more a lot a ton in fact a plethora of stories of cookers from around the world today. Would you say there is a plethora, Joel? Oh, see, see, a plethora. And we're going to get on with it. Was that racist? We're going to get on with it right now with the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. It's actually from Three Amigos, so it's not. No. In sad and tragic news, the tragic bit being that cookers uh, remain in Canberra Ugh. and continue to stir up trouble with the locals Go home. who are merely going about their business, yeah. including picking up their kids from school in designated pickup areas. God forbid. A cooker's stupidity and arrogance was there for all to see when a dozen or so confronted a school mum who rather forcefully told them to get off the pavement so parents could pick up their kids from a school on Friday afternoon. That's the 11th of March. Totally reasonable. Indeed it is. But uh, according to the cookers, they said, no way. Uh, They claim they can park anywhere because they're engaged in their democratic right to protest, whatever and wherever, and fuck you if you don't like it. Yeah, I don't think parking anywhere you like is a part of the implied freedom of political communication that you're talking about. (laughs) It doesn't give you free parking around cities around Australia. I don't remember the High Court ruling on that. I just don't remember it. But look, look, I haven't read through all of them. Yeah, no free parking. It's in the judgment. It's it's comment 163. Yeah, Yeah, it's in the deeds and titles. Yeah, Yeah, the mum who goes by the Twitter handle of Mandy Metal was surrounded by six male cookers or more, including one idiot with a bullhorn who shouted at her from a distance of a couple of metres away. Yeah, that was really good. good on you. So got his own little L-rad going there. Yeah, little shit. It got worse when a cooker subsequently identified as Glenn Agnew persisted in encroaching in the woman's personal space and then reached out and grabbed her arm, attempting to put her in an arm lock. And Mandy quickly dodged the attempt from Agnew. She had not laid hands on anyone, including Agnew, and the film showed Agnew making contact, which would, and subsequently did, constitute a charge of common assault. But he was yelling into her face with a megaphone. Very threatening, son. Saying, get away from the veteran, get away from the veteran, whatever it was. I mean, take your hands off the veteran, I think they were saying. Yeah. And this is the sort of thing, like, that itself should be assault, because that is such an obnoxious thing to do. That is a disgraceful bit of behaviour, but it's totally normal in their heads. And Soz149 just sent us a video with a woman speaking to a non-existent crowd, saying basically what happened was this woman was unhinged that she was walking in front of cars well they were on the footpath and well, not only that yeah. but basically there was the, the footage was selectively uh, edited oh, and that Glenn was actually trying to safely restrain her fuck you he grabbed her by the arm and started making some sort of weird twisting motion. It's not going to pass. The gonna, video's on it's Twitter. It's not going to pass, Master. Fuck this guy. Look, I, I, saw, I saw two separate lives, both filmed by cookers. Yeah. And it's just not going to pass, Master. They make their own evidence brief. It's very funny. But at the end of the day, they're already spitting this as that she was the aggressor. They've done nothing wrong. And he was trying to safely restrain her. No, what happened Mm. was she was telling them to get the fuck off the footpath, which was completely reasonable because they were doing something that's not only illegal, but stupid and annoying. And when they got called out by it, after a little while, their male fragility went into overdrive and they decided to take care of the situation by subduing the woman who was making them feel humiliated. Fuck them so much. That's my rant. This really pisses me off, man. Yeah, it's really, really ugly behaviour. Agnew appears to be an ADF veteran and gets around with his medals on, all three of them, the Australian (laughs) Service Medal, given for anyone who's in the ADF for four years or more, an Australian Active Service Medal, which means you go overseas, you're on a tour of duty, which he presumably received as a result of uh, what looked to be an 
Untrack medal awarded by the UN for soldiers who oversaw and had a peacekeeping role in Cambodia's first democratic election in 1993. Yeah, so he served, but realistically wearing medals is LARPing. I mean, like, he's trying to make himself out of some sort of fucking war hero, and he's not. And that's what these people love doing. It's like Larta with his stethoscope. What are you going to do? Check someone's pulse? You idiot? Like, okay, you're a paramedic, but, like, you're hamming it up. Everyone hams it up in the movement. There's no truth to be seen in the truthers' movement. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Look, a bit of research reviewed Agnew had been a senior vice president of the Geelong sub-branch of the RSL, friend of the podcast who goes by the Twitter handle uh, Bothering Conspiracy Theorists, got in contact with the current president of the Geelong RSL, Andrew Hands, and showed him the footage of the alleged assault. Hands replied, Glenn, that is Agnew, has not been a member of the sub-branch for a number of years now. Yes, he needs help. Yes. This has been noticed by a number of people who know him. Mm-hmm. I will check to make sure he is not on our media platform platforms. This is disturbing footage to watch. And that was from the uh, Geelong RSL president, Andrew Hans. Agnew was arrested on the Parliament lawns the following day, Saturday 12 March. Again, this was filmed by cookers, all of whom claimed the footage of the alleged assault would prove Agnew had himself been assaulted by Mandy. That was the claim they were making on Saturday. Piss off. But it was obvious the footage from two separate lives showed otherwise. And um, cookers are so cooked, they, they don't even believe what they see with their own eyes. You know, yeah. this is this is how deluded they've become. They make up their own reality. This is the sad thing. And it's just like, what are we going to do with these people? Yeah. Look, uh, Agnew was <laughs> remanded in custody overnight because so there's no bail. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That is one solution, Giles, (laughs) Uh, because there was no bail magistrate available. He may have been bailed today. I don't know. Uh, It really just depends on the availability of a magistrate. It's common assault. He's definitely getting bailed. His cooker mate sent a delegation to the cop shop on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening to argue the toss over Agnew's charge, but they declined to provide statements to police, presumably because they had seen the footage by this time again, had a look at it again, and knew any other interpretation of events other than Agnew had assaulted Mandy, allegedly, might have them committing perjury or making false statements to police. So Even all, if they do genuinely believe it in their fucking weird adult brains. Yeah, they did not make the statements, which is telling. It um, is very telling. Agnew, who has a Facebook page dripping with Anzac sentimentalism, will now either A, plead guilty and hope to avoid a conviction, yep. or B, plead not guilty, and on the basis of the lives, you can't see any other outcome than he will receive a conviction for assaulting a woman. Yeah, yeah. And this is what the cookers have got to. Otherwise, ordinary people pill to the eyeballs on misinformation and groupthink, running around committing crimes because they think they can. And they think they can get away with it. And this is the thing that'll be interesting to see, whether this guy takes the real sovsit route and basically says, I'm not going to take some fucking lawyer. I'm going to represent myself. You have no jurisdiction over me. Show me your deeds and titles. I spit on your court. Or if he's going to go there and, like you say, just plead guilty do what his lawyer says, you know, uh, say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and move on. But the question, of course, is, is is the judge going to see through his bullshit? I would say probably not. I would say they're going to sit there, give him, you know, sort of, you know, 10 lashes and move on, while this person's going to go back and do the exact same fucking thing next week. I mean, like, it's, it's what they do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very tired of this. Yeah, or one tired. of their number will. It was a bossy group, I think, and I, I believe... Uh... I may be wrong, but I believe Kangaguru was there. I think he was the guy with the bloody megaphone who was yelling in her face. Otherwise, he just looked like another skinny, weird person. Yeah, uh, look, to be confirmed, but I believe it was that group anyway. So you're talking about this sort of disturbed group. You know, Bozzy followers, essentially. Yeah, basically violence fantasists and just general pieces of shit. Yeah, and and and, and pedophile obsessives and all this sort yeah. of stuff who think, you know, because they believe believe some sort of nonsense about crimes being committed by people in high places, that that gives them the legitimacy to do whatever they like, wherever they like, to whom, whomever they like. You know? Very well said. That's actually exactly, it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. They, they live in a comic book of their own fucking writing. It's just, God, I'm fucking bored of these people. Yeah, oh. we really we really have tried to avoid covering Canberra. Go uh, home. Because there's only, yeah, there's only a handful of these people left. That others are living in camps in genuine squalor, and that oh. becomes a real issue. That That is Rain when we'll have squalor. to address Canberra cookers again, Joel, because ACT and New South Wales Family Services will have to get involved in removing some of these people from Big these camps. Big time. Big time. It's not 
it's it, it fails virtually every test of basic human hygiene. Uh, these people will begin to suffer illnesses. These people are, particularly the women, subject to very, very poor behaviour. Uh, the children as well. There are people there with disabilities. It just can't go on. It's a cook animal farm. You know, next thing they're going to fucking, you know, kill the fat kid. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's insane. I just, it's just insane. Yeah, the conch too. Yeah. Yes, the conch. Uh, yeah. Oh, but, Joel, huge news hey. in the US today. And I mean, huge. See, Donald Trump alleged it. Rudy Giuliani held a press conference outside a naughty bookstore to report it. That was good. And Sydney Powell threatened to release it. But listeners, we at the Conditional Relief Program can finally release the Kraken. Finally. Actual voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Stop the steal. Well, we, yeah, we are doing a little bit of stealing ourselves because the story actually broke in the New Yorker. Uh, but we're prepared to accept the Walkley. And I know Joel is working on his acceptance speech right now. Well, you see, Walkley Awards actually don't have speeches. You walk up, you get the award. No, not the, the only the ones thing. are gold. Yeah, but we'll get the gold. And the book as well, which Lee Sales stole from my sister, just saying. But honestly, the Walkleys, it's a couple hundred bucks for a ticket. The food is average at best. The beer is super dry. Like, come on, MEAA, spring for something with some hops in it. I refuse to go. And look, basically, I think we're looking at the Pulitzer because I reckon they've got probably some nice salmon, some craft beers. So let's aim for that because yeah. honestly, you the just Walkleys- put on a steak and one chicken and- Oh, it's, it really you know, is. It's, it's- honey carrots. Come on, guys. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, the Walkley Awards, forget about them. Anyway, uh, Joel would like to thank all the little people who made this all possible. Bless. Including Mark Meadows. Yeah. Donald Trump's former chief of staff, who seems to have registered to vote in North Carolina while not being a resident of the state, and cast a postal vote in North Carolina, having listed his address as a trailer home. Uh. Meadows listed the mobile home in Scaly Mountain, North Carolina, as his physical address on September 19, 2020, while he was serving as Trump. Trump's chief of staff in Washington. Meadows later cast an absentee ballot in North Carolina for the general election by uh, by mail. Uh, Trump won the battleground state by just over one percentage point. Oh, bit more than one vote, but anyway, bit more. There is evidence that Meadows' wife Deborah did spend time with their children at the, the mobile home, but no evidence at all that Meadows had spent even one night at the address. The couple did not own the trailer and actually resided in Virginia. Ooh. Tricky business. 12 months after the presidential election, Meadows left Ricky Bubbles, Trailer Park Supervisor Jim Lay, and all the gang changing his voter registration to his home in Virginia, just in time to place a vote for the Republican candidate, Glenn Youngkin, who thrashed Democrat incumbent Terry McAuliffe. So he's swapping around a bit, Joe. Mm. Yeah, North Carolina law requires that a voter live at their address for 30 days before the election which they are voting. It is a felony to file a fraudulent voter registration application, though prosecutions are rare and typically do not lead to jail sentences. But for the past two years, Meadows has echoed Trump's assertions that the 2020 election was fraudulent and stolen and has spoken often about corrupted election results caused by, and this is a direct quote from him, people just moving around. Mm-hmm. Just like he did. Yep, that's exactly it. So there you have it. The Kraken has been released. Finally, there is clear voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. It did happen and so far it has added to Trump's vote in North Carolina by one, just one vote. <laughs> in the words of Ricky, a toad or so. <laughs> a toad or so, yeah, a toad or so. so. I did toad or so. <laughs> God. Anyone who uh, hasn't picked up uh, anything about that uh, should be looking through their streaming services for a collection of Trailer Park Netflix, Boys. I think. I think it's on Netflix. Great yeah, show. I think so. Just I think great. so. And uh, it's uh, it's a collection of petty criminals who live in a trailer park in Nova Scotia. It's really good. Yeah. Fuck got... off, Randy. <laughs> Jim Lay is the greatest drunk I've ever seen. May he rest in peace. On tell, yeah, legend. may he rest in peace. What a great what a great man. And what he was a... an actually a really nice guy in real life too. He liked rocks. He was just such a nice guy. A lovely man and genuinely plays the best television drunk I've ever seen. He's just great. He's just fucking great. Get on it. Get on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're still in the States, but further down south, amusing images hit the net of the arrest of Proud Boy leader Enrique Tarrio. Hands in the air, in his underpants, in the wee hours on Tuesday morning, Florida time, with a host of FBI agents arresting the 
eight-year-old who lives with his parents. Why don't neo-Nazis <laughs> always live with their parents, Joe? It is tricky to get, uh, like, sort of employment when you're in that situation. Like, you're famous for being a neo-Nazi. You're some proud boy fucking leader, and you walk into, like, Radio Shack, and you're like, I've just got a real passion for selling television. So, like, oh, just, just Googled your name. Um, you really like Fred Perry's shirt, <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't you, got, mate? I can see you've got a number of convictions here. Yeah. I thought it might have something to do with the motherland and the fatherland, you know, that sort of yes. thing. Uh, and living in the basement of the motherland. I guess um, they take these things quite literally, don't they? Yeah, I could, I could picture it. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I mean, if you've got a giant swastika tattooed to your eyeball, I just like, I feel like that kind of thing does just stop you from having a gainful employment life. But yeah. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, but in the case of Tario, it may have been because he had just completed a four month jail term after pleading guilty to two charges, one involving burning a Black Lives Matter a banner stolen from Asbury United Methodist Church, and the other charge of attempted possession of a large capacity ammunition feeding device, according to the US Attorney's Office's uh, press release. He was just getting back on his feet. And then this happened, Joe, poor little Nazi, charged with conspiracy now for his alleged role in planning the Gen 6 insurgency. The Justice Department announced after he'd been been handcuffed and whisked away. Although Tarry was not accused of physically taking part in the breach of the Capitol because he'd been arrested over this other matter, that he subsequently served the four months. Jay got sentenced to five, served four. Yeah, he was not he wasn't in D.C. at the time. The Justice Department said Tario, and I quote, conspired to corruptly obstruct, influence, and impede an official proceeding, the certification of the Electoral College vote. As the leader and creator of a special chapter of the Proud Boys known as the Ministry of Self-Defence, <laughs> so many weird names they have, the 38-year-old, uh, and I'm quoting now from the charge sheet released by the U.S. Justice Department, led the advanced planning and remained in contact with other members of the Proud Boys during their breach of the Capitol. Uh, the Justice Department also said he claimed credit for the attack on social media and mm. in an, an encrypted room during and after the attack. Oh, don't do that, Tario. You've left evidence there. <laughs> and Tario was indicted on one count of conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding and another count of obstruction of an official proceeding. He also faces two counts each of assaulting, resisting or impeding certain officers mm. and destruction of government property. Since the insurrection, the Justice Department has arrested more than 775 individuals in nearly all 50 states for crimes related to the events of that day. More than 245 of them have been charged with assaulting or impeding law enforcement. On the same day as Tario's arrest, a jury found the defendant guilty in the first trial over the events of Jan 6. This is a ripper. And that man found guilty was Guy Wesley Reffitt of Texas. And he was found guilty of travelling to Washington with a fellow member of a far-right militia organisation called the Texas Three Percenters. And 49-year-old Reffitt of Texas was found guilty of five criminal charges, transporting a firearm in furtherance of a civil disorder, obstruction of of an official proceeding, entering or remaining in a restricted area or grounds with a firearm, obstructing officers during a civil disorder and obstruction of justice, hindering communications through force or threat of physical force. Mm. Reffert was convicted to a very large degree on the testimony of his own son, Jackson, who had become alarmed about his father's behaviour before the insurrection and his boasting and even threats to his son afterwards, telling, telling Jackson traitors would be shot if Jackson gave him up. And that's just how pilled these people get. I mean, like, the thing that I find so fascinating, and once again, this is how pilled these people get, Enrique Tarrio is a black man who headed up a chauvinist white supremacy organization. Now, you can say the Proud Boys are chauvinist first, but at the end of the day, they're absolutely white supremacists. And while we give them the neo-Nazi tag, it's a little bit tricky, but I tell you what, within their ranks, there is a shitload of Hitler boners, and there's just no... You just can't dance around it. They they fucking exist. So, okay, we're maybe making a bit of a reach there, but what I have to say here is a black man that heads up a white supremacy organization just makes no sense. But nothing these fucking people do makes any sense. They're just ridiculous fucking cartoon characters. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm getting more and more frustrated, man. I can't handle it. 
I can't handle it. Stop <laughs> parking on fucking well, sidewalks. One of, one of the sort of rights responses to this, to to the insurrection, was that it isn't it, or wasn't an insurrection. Oh, yeah. That there yeah. Were, the, the people weren't armed. Reffitt actually attended the Capitol building with a pistol, loaded pistol, did. and he had an, R, and an AR-15 in his car. Oh, good. Re- ready to go. That bloke and, with his zip ties. Had, it's just such and, an iconic picture, you know, like a couple. Yeah, and he, he was recorded talking about why he kept the AR-15 in the car because he, he said, if things heat up, I'm going to grab that. Yeah. And he kept it handy. Yeah. So he's the first one to go down, and it's likely that this will uh, bring about a number of um, – Pleas from from other people charged that that, that they now can see that, that they're going to be, get stitched up uh, in the courts. So Fuck uh, you would expect a number of plea agreements, including <coughs> well, one has already come past that uh, another fellow who is a member of uh, the Oath Keepers has actually flipped. Uh, he was when we mentioned him in last week's program, uh, Roger Stone's bodyguard, briefly, and uh, oh, and yeah, he will have some right. stories to tell about what Stone was doing, what Trump was doing. Yes. In yep. the meantime, Reffitt will be sentenced in June. He's facing up to twenty years in prison. Well, may he get eighteen of those bastards. Because he's going to get quite a few. He should. He should. He deserves every bloody minute of it. The prick. And finally, mention of an article by a friend of the podcast, Tom Tanaki, who wrote an excellent article in the Independent Australia. All his articles are excellent, but this one really just takes a cake. It's regarding mm. another good friend of the podcast, although not quite so friendly and very, very small, Arvi Yemeni. Yes, who, tiny, tiny weenie. Tiny weenie, who turned up in a flood zone in New South Wales, filming himself in puddles, just wearing fucking tight jeans for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And he's just trying to make this like elaborate point that, you know, the government responses to the floods are basically inadequate due to vaccine man, or at least due in part to vaccine mandates. Of course, small government being the real aim as well. Yeah. I mean, that's okay though, isn't it? I mean, you know, it, 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 it's it's heavily editorialized reporting, yeah, but that's I mean, okay. The response I mean, yeah, has been pretty shit. You can shit, sort of get to that. I mean, There's a narrative. Yeah, well, Tanaki's piece actually described uh, Avi uh, as being in the Central Coast. So he was nowhere near. He was actually, yeah, yeah. He was nowhere near. Because he was making his way up there. Lismore, yeah, and nowhere near Brisbane. But this is the thing. Like, at the end of the report, like, Yemeni called for donations to rebel media. Yep. Himself. This is the disgusting crew. Blah, blah, blah. Probably his giant bodyguard. I don't know. Lift him up above the flood water or something. <laughs> but like, he's basically saying to cover costs of this report, this like essential piece of journalism that no one fucking asked for. This is in a flood zone while thousands of people have endured extraordinary hardship. You've seen the footage. It wasn't taken by Arvi. They've lost their homes and everything in them. And in some cases, people have lost their lives because they had nowhere to fucking go. And of course, in amongst this sadness is an obvious and glaring need for immediate financial support and there is Avi fucking Yemeni in his little tight jeans with his dead shit fucking cameraman begging for money pay for his ambulance chasing journalism I mean look we've asked this question a million times how low can he go uh I just don't know anymore I mean it's it's impossible to tell he can't ride the exciting rides because he can't quite meet the height quota but like even then, I mean, the chip on your shoulder is too big. And each week, he just continues to surprise us by being a bigger and bigger cunt. And yeah, imagine, imagine the, the front of the guy. You know, each week plums a new death. But this was a, a new low. Absolutely. And he has gone lower than ever before by some margin. Uh, and that is to turn up. <laughs> a flood ravage zone, not where, uh, not where the real disaster had occurred by the no. sounds of things. No, and and said we're reporting this, you know, with his usual take on, you know, anti-vax takes and anti-lockdown takes. Oh, just making up bloody anxiety porn, which I get, and that's all right. But at the end of that, please don't put your hand out and say, "Can you pay us? How can you give us? Can you sling us a few bucks Pathetic. for reporting this?" While we're actually at a flood zone where people have suffered, it is just disgraceful. You're a fucking scumbag, Arby. Honestly, you're a real piece of shit. Yeah, and we'll put the link up to Tom's article on the shitposting site so you can get as angry about it as we are. God, this week's pissed me off. Money. I'll do anything for you. Money. Just tell me what you want me to. And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you by Capital Punishment, <laughs> nature's way of saying, get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Back in the good old days, people loved a good old-fashioned hanging. 
and the gallows in Darlinghurst in the early 19th century were fit to burst with crowds baying for a necking. Oh, sweet. It was like a fun day at the footy before there was any footy. It was necky. Necky, they called it. <laughs> you, go, you go to a necking. Yeah. And while we're at it, why not bring back Capital Punishment's ugly stepsister, Corporal Punishment, yeah. every Tuesday around at my place. Thank you, ma'am. May I have another? You can actually pay for it down at Abercrombie Street. Just saying. That's right. It's incredibly expensive. Yes, it is. But for your serious crimes, like being part of a secretive pedophile cabal who torture kiddies and drain their blood as a hobby, we know who they are. The 28 names on the back of Bill Heffernan's beer coaster for a start. A good neck and... <laughs> is the only way to go. Yeah, I mean, like, the idea that they're suppressed names, only suppressed for normies and losers. Get an internet connection. We know all about it. Yeah, hang them. Hang some sense into them, I say. <laughs> That'll teach them. <laughs> and this sponsor's announcement is proudly brought to you today by Bunnings, who sell rope and all your timber needs for gallows and trapdoors. Fair. Feel the quality of the nylon single braid at just three bucks a metre. I'd be proud to be hanged by the neck with that silky smooth cord. Bless. And for the ladies, why not go the 100% organic jute twine? Now in footy club colours. Oh. As Ricardo Bozzi always says, Hanging's too good for them, but let's frog march up a couple of thousand pedos up to the gallows and give it a shot anyway. Yeah, if it's good enough for the Saudis, it's good enough for us. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within... And with the velvet tones of uranus size brain genius, Thanos mm. Paniotis trembling our tympanic membranes, it means it's time for which Black Bill fuckwit said that, the quiz program that's educational and fun. So much so, Education Minister Simon Birmingham is considering putting it on the syllabus <laughs> so little kiddies won't have to be bludgeoned around the head and shoulders with communism by the lefty teachers who want to teach them in Australia as a shithole, whose real history is a series of rolling massacres of Indigenous Australians, which it is, but you shouldn't tell little kiddies that. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. No, God forbid. And if you're successful in today's which Black Bill fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll be hanged by the neck until dead with yes. a number three silk-like thermoplastic rope in black velvet. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. You'll feel that plush grip around the neck just as you drop and shit your pants. And in that brief, brief moment you have left to live, you'll think, gee, this is really comfortable and supportive too. I would have liked it if it was in North Melbourne colours, but, you know, fine. Whatever. Let's we'll see know. what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Now, first uh, quote comes from listener Philip, who buried the quote so deep. It was like finding a traffic child 10 kilometres below the Earth's surface. That's what public shaming will do. Like, I mean, we were very harsh oh, on Stuart. Stuart's a very good friend of the podcast. He's fantastic. But he, he flipped we made the, a real example of that one. <laughs> we cut and paste the lyrics from I'm an Arsehole, uh, Dennis Leary song. Uh, that's the whole thing there it was. And I had to scroll all the way down to get to it. And that here is, is very, the quote, very good. Joel. I used to love that. So quote, it's, in parentheses, vaccine becoming mandatory. And to me, uh, we've got a free country and that doesn't happen. Like, you know, face marks were mandatory. Someone, uh, someone said to me the other day, which I thought was amazing, when AIDS was around, they didn't make condoms mandatory. They just, you know, they urge you to wear them and yet AIDS was 100% killing you. You got it. You're finished. And yet now, face masks are mandatory. I fucking hate this person so just, much. This just make a ton of sense. And was it the man who wrote a play about suicide and yet laughed at shutting down a fundraiser for Lifeline when he argued lockdown should end for people's mental health? Oh, Michael Gray Griffith. I hate him so much. Was it? I think I lost my documentary in the tunnels Dan Andrews uses to traffic the children, and that is why it hasn't been released yet. Lizzie Rose. Oh, there's some crowdfunding mm. money. We don't know where that's got to. Was it really? When would I have time to have said this all with the selfies I've been taking on Pete Evans, Jetski, Dave O'Neill? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Paris. Or was it protecting Russia's interests? Putin isn't such a bad guy. Maybe he listens to my podcast. Maybe he's listening right now. Craggy Pete Evans. Oh, man. Okay. It's kind of hard. Could be any one of those four, really, couldn't it? I don't think it's Lizzie, and maybe that's my famous last words, but uh, I'm going to go Michael Gray Griffith. <laughs> Wow, well done, Joel. That's excellent nice. work. Excellent work. You just can't, you can just see that garbage spilling from that idiot's mouth, can't you? Oh, he's a fucking moron. And this is the kind of hot take that 
dipshit would say. See, Dave O'Neggs, he is a bit more of an idiot. And the way that he puts things, it's more like it's written in crayon. Craggy Pete Evans, this is way too direct. He would have been vague about it and been like, oh, well, just ask questions about He's just AIDS. asking questions about yeah. AIDS. Yeah. And Lizzie Rose is just a babbling fucking lunatic. So, like, you know, like should be yakking about fucking Pentecostal goats by this point. So, yeah, MGG. Checked out. I'm just really disappointed to see some of my writer friends um, who, uh, who 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 follow uh, Gray Griffith uh, on really? Facebook. Really? Yeah. Jeez, that's that's alarming. Yeah, wake, I must wake say, up. wake I've, up! Uh, this this guy this guy won't working in theatre anymore. No matter how friend- long it goes. No one will go and see this guy's stuff anymore. It's the same as the Underground Film Festival guy, that Richard Wollstonecraft. Like, you know, unless you unlike his shit, basically, if you were into Underground Film Festivals in Melbourne, maybe you threw him a like, maybe you added him to your friends list. You might not realize he's actually a Nazi now who regularly goes on Cafe Locked Out with Michael Gray Griffith. But this is like a guy who sort of just like randomly turned up and just went, oh, by the way, I love Hitler. And everyone went, you probably shouldn't do a film festival. And he went, <laughs> well, I guess that's probably the case. Like, yeah, yeah. Another person who ruined Those his life just to, be, just to be pilled. Yeah. All right, Joel. Look, you've just had a stiff stiff scotch and you're <laughs> taking the last walk down the Green Mile. I want my final meal to be nachos, if just on the record. It's very common to get the KFC out in, in the States anyway. To be um, honest, you, it would be so bad by the time it got to you because KFC is a fresh or never uh, thing if it's been in the brain marine for a while it's trash yeah. get that cold KFC man your last thought when you get to the gallows will be I should have got something else <laughs> it'll be your last thought I really need to go to the toilet <laughs> <laughs> the nachos is going to really make me shit myself spectacularly on that at that last moment quite true yeah here we go. go we need to build more gallows to make an example of these traitors who betrayed our country. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's good for which the country economy. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the question. Okay. Was it Australia's own Albert Pierpoint? Actually, an Albert Pierpoint wannabe. And for those who don't know who Albert Pierpoint was, he was oh. England's hangman in the 1930s, 40s, oh. and 50s who executed up to 600 people. Jesus. That's 25 a year in a good year. <laughs> <laughs> was it Pierpoint's Aussie wannabe Ricardo Bozzi? Yes, yeah. Or was it so unpleasant she even earned a censure from Arizona Republicans? Oh, wow. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. She's such a fuckwit. Or was it put a shirt on if you're going to go hanging, folk, Wollongong concreter and capital punishment fan, Kangaguru Graham? Loves it. Loves a good hanging. He does, he does, he loves it. Uh, or was it Oregon's favourite QAnon hustler and failed Senate candidate, Joe Ray Perkins? Oh, I mean, it just feels like Bozy's the obvious one, right? Um, but I must say, it could be Kangaguru because he's a big fan and he just says stuff that Bozy sort of likes. Mm. I, um, uh, I'm going to go with Bozy. Fuck it. No. Uh, Damn it. It was, in fact, uh, recently <laughs> censured by her own party, really? Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers, who's having a crack. He's having a crack for a Senate spot, a, a federal Senate spot from Arizona. Unlikely that she'll get through the primaries, but You'd yeah, think not. She, Trump Trump thinks she's terrific. Oh, of course he does. He loves a good hanging himself. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he loves a bit of a hanging. Which brings us to quote three. So you may have you may I've have got dodged, a chance. You may have dodged the noose, but you're still still walking up and and a bloke in a march is saying, "You got any last words?" If I get this one, I reckon I'm still in it. I reckon it's just going to be a yeah, failed. Yeah. Hanging yeah. where the, the, the rope I'll, snaps, I'll, but I don't have a good day. What's that line? Is this your? Is it your first time? Yeah, your first yeah, name? yeah. First. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. I reckon you'll get this. They call it the gay national anthem. YMCA gets people up and it gets them moving. <laughs> Was it the guy who played the construction worker? Was it the guy who played the Native American? Was it the guy who played the traffic cop? Or was it the guy who played the President of the United States? I mean, it's got to be the last one. <laughs> Come on. Well, there you go, Joe. <laughs> You're headed for the drop. Well done. Yes, you got that right. Excellent work. Uh, he was... <laughs> 
This is how the Trumps is traveling these days. He was on the Nelk. He was on the Nelk Boys. He was doing a YouTube with the Nelk Boys. Who are what? Who? What? Oh, they're kind of YouTubers, frat boy pranksters, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, largest sort of audience in the millions. But, Probably, yeah, bigger than ours, I'm sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, your friends. But but but, but why? I mean, yeah, I know. The Trumps do? And so, in order, to, they ask him some questions about music, and and he goes on. You know, I like a lot of show tunes and all that sort of stuff. But if I'm playing DJ down in South Florida, then basically uh, I'm putting on YMCA. It gets him up, gets everyone up on the floor. That is very funny. I'm pretty sure they had some village people on his campaign trails as well. <laughs> he describes it as the gay national anthem. <laughs> Oh man! Imagine man. A, a an actual gay nation state. Imagine how fabulous it would be. I'm I'm all about it. Uh, he's a weird fellow, but yeah, it sort of tells you where he is at the moment. The old yes. uh, Trump Twitter's not working all that flat. And they say well. Biden's the one with dementia. I mean, come on, this guy is just cool. <laughs> gay national anthem is YMCA. I just I just had to put that in. I knew you'd get it right because it probably was the construction worker. Probably thinks it's a reasonable tune. You know, would yeah. be embarrassed by it. And Native yeah. American, the traffic cop. Even the leather guy, um, but uh, it was actually. The I feel like it was said. a gimme designed to put me toward the gallows. I, I figured that if I got one wrong, you still wanted to see me swing <laughs> by the neck. <laughs> I'll clean up your trousers. All right. <laughs> now, we asked listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits. Mm-hmm. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted stickers and shit if you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote we can use on the show. And we remind listeners that the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder on the planet clinically proven to keep drinks cold. Clinically proven, that, and that <laughs> yeah, and that has been proven. And furthermore, the conditional release program stubby holder can be used as a noose, just a little comforter ah. around the neck, uh, just to, just nice. to, just to stop that sudden jolt that you'll feel, and you'll go oh. Yeah, thanks for that. And if it's in public, we might get some listeners. (laughs) I haven't had my neck broken. I'm just strangling. So there you go. (laughs) This is dark. And we asked listeners to drop us a line. If they do want to contribute to which black will fuck with take that, you'll get a little shout-out and a stubby holder. And if you market to the attention of Jack at our email address, theconditionalreleaseprogram at gmail.com, we would love to hear from you. And now we bring you a segment of people who have learned absolutely everything they read in a quick flick through the Magna Carta, an 11th century declaration written entirely in formal Latin that cook think they can understand if they sound out the words while trying to remember the words on the menu in the Italian restaurant they ate in that time. It's the crown lager of languages, my friends. They're sov sits and they're on a collision course of reality and a concept totally bizarre to them, which is consequences. In this week's sov sits for the man. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Big thanks to Celery Sorbet on Twitter for this one. Love your work, always. Yes, look, she did pop up a story and I had to have a bit of a deeper look and I did. And Joel, what happens when a sovsit meets arcane and ancient Celtic laws? Well, if this pans out the way it probably should, it's going to mean the Celtic sovsit is going to be living in a van down by the river on freehold title because old Welsh tradition says if a person can build a house on common land in one night, the land then belongs to them. Other oddities in the tradition are that the test of ownership is if a fire still burns in a hearth by the following morning, then the squatter can extend the land around by a land they own by the distance they can throw an axe from the four corners of the house. You want to get that throw right, you know, like yeah, you don't want to love that you flow. Want, wouldn't want to just 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 flop it out. You don't you know? want to John Howard that Re- ball. Yeah, you know? yeah, you yeah. Don't want to John Howard that one. You nah. really want to nah. give it a good hurl. Give it some distance. Matt Christopher, thirty-four, fronted the Haverford West Magistrates Court. That's in. West Wales earlier this week over several breaches of a community protection notice, a sort of UK version of an AVO telling him to stay the fuck away from a designated area rather than people. Uh, But Christopher, who refers to himself as a free man on the land and King of Gimray, which is the Welsh for Wales, to be specific, he calls himself King Arthwys I, is sticking to his Celtic version of sovereign citizenry, claiming he can go wherever he bloody well pleases as he's the fucking king already. (laughs) 
<laughs> How can you tell he's the King Joel? Well, he's the only one who hasn't got any shit on him. And he said so. I mean. <laughs> that's right. He said so. So, I mean, that's, that's the. That's the burden of truth in these sort of movements. Yeah, the community orders were first put in place over a 10-acre stretch of common land pockmarked with houses in Western Wales after the king deemed the pathways which crossed the lands were his, but he gave permissive rights for people to use the gates and he was the one that made the pathways safe, he claims, mm. while establishing tolls for others which made local residents a bit upset. Oh, you know, just imagine it. Just make his way, make, make your way into your own home and there's a black there, calls him, calling himself the king, probably got a bit of ermine around him and he's just putting his hand out saying, that'll be, a couple of, that'll be a couple of quid, mate. Honestly, like we think our cook is bad for parking on the footpath and this fucking asshole is asking for fucking tolls. Oh, man. He also believes he owns the gates around the common land, quoting Celtic law from the 8th century. Jesus. <laughs> the police are denying his free man status. Uh-huh. And the king declined several entreaties in court by the magistrate and the wallopers to get legal representation, preferring to defend himself in court. As a As surprise. Usual. There's a surprise. Uh, No, 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 a man of my regal bearing, I'll take care of this myself. Oh, yeah. When the court tried to identify His Majesty's regal residential address, he stated he had, quote, many friends, unquote, where he could stay and that he also owned a couple of properties. Oh, a couple. That's nice. A couple. A portfolio, they say. (laughs) Hurled the axe around from the four corners of the house and, uh, (laughs) no, establishments. I believe they call it a plethora of properties. (laughs) See, see, it is a plethora. Uh, (laughs) uh, But it was not made clear to the court where exactly these properties were. No. Haverford. Haverford West Magistrates Court. Little tip for you. Two clues. Van and River. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) And the court deemed Christopher to be of no fixed abode. His Majesty King Arthur is living in a van down by the river. And His Majesty will be tried on June 20. Ooh. So we'll keep an eye on that. It's going to be a beauty. He's not going to get too much by way of penalty, but he's going to get a penalty because he's just really bugged the court. This is the third hearing. Oh, now. my God. He turns up and he just keeps going, what? Uh, you know, he demands to be addressed in regal in regal tones oh. and, uh, and and just makes a complete goose. Oh, I have several properties. Where? Several. Ah, you know, a plethora. Over there and if I could if you just let me an axe and I can just yes. throw you in throw it in the general direction of where one of my many properties are. It's mm. called surveying and conveyancing. Like come on man, this is what we do. It's axing. It's fine. <laughs> Just outrageous. You reckon he would have knocked up a few houses overnight too on some of this land and just said, that's mine. Just in your backyard. (laughs) You wake up one morning and and King Arthur is living in a tent in your backyard (laughs) and just claiming it as his own. Brilliant. He's already pissed Uh, But we have to leave confused Celtic sausage there because right Mm. now it's time to look at Pizza Cook and geopolitical hard man, Craggy Pete Evans. Oof. He's had a huge week. Even his master, Vladimir Putin, said so. Da Yunego Baila Ogromnaya Nadalia. You know what that means, Joe? He's had a huge week. (laughs) And here it is on the week in Pete Evans. And it has been a huge week in Pete Evans. Huge. With Pete throwing out some wild truth bombs. Almost as usual in a podcast appearance this week, which Cam, who is of course at Cam lives here on Twitter, G'day, amazing, Cam. amazing friend of the podcast, endured to give us the lowlights reel of some of Pete's hot takes on some recent events. Just so we didn't have to. Well, well done, that man. I wouldn't do it anyway. It's just awful. Mm. We've been saying for a while now the rhetoric was going to dial up a notch as time went on because no one's dying from the jab. People are still dying from COVID. Okay, and the conspiracy theorists are going to desperately lie through their fluoride-free teeth to maintain this whole depopulation narrative they've been pushing for all this fucking time. So let's start with Pete and vaccines. He's still pushing the idea that death jab is going to kill us all. Yeah, oh yeah. 
and COVID's not killing anyone. He said in this podcast that apparently 90% of COVID deaths aren't really COVID deaths. You die with COVID, and even those ones need more investigation. Mm. What does investigation mean, Pete? You couldn't investigate your way out of a fucking paper bag and shit. (laughs) But the whole thing is basically just saying that we are going to live in a world where only anti-vaxxers are left. And I... Honestly, would yeah. rather I will take a fourth yeah, shot. Yeah, I'm out. I'm happening. out. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, boost me because I don't want this. I do I'm not out. want this. Like, I mean, ugh. So Pete jumped at the chance to vaguely link Warney's death, and that was a bit of headline news because people wanted to talk about it. And that was, of course, you know, because That's of the jab. Did it. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's a fucking asshole. And he wasted absolutely no time associating the death of Victorian State Senator Kimberly Kitching with, you know, various alarming statements about how everyone's going to wake up and all this death that's soon to follow. And I was like, Pete, mate, we all knew you were going to do this, you predictable fucking yep. fart. Predictable. But so fucking predictable. Predictable fucking Pete. But through the pandemic, it was all about how heart disease is like the biggest killer. You know, that, that whole thing of like, you know, oh, the whole pandemic response is such an overreaction because look at the look at the main deaths. It's hard to disease kills yeah. people you know stop eating hamburgers and now <laughs> apparently heart disease is this like weird new thing that only exists because adverse reactions to the vaccine never what is before. it pete you can't have both you mm. can't be like oh this is the leading cause of death and now be like oh but it's all because of vaccine reactions fuck you like just use your brain oh uh, actually no that's asking way too much so obviously this hot take is just a despicable one as you know well as being incredibly stupid and all but yep. it's not the last time we're going to hear it. it's absolutely nope. not the last time we're going to hear this because these opportunistic parasites are going to jump on every celebrity death or any death of note and they can make it so it's all about the jab unless they basically have like a velociraptor eat their head or they're stabbed by a fucking <laughs> glacier it's gonna be because of the jab the but jab. Pete's not just one trick pony here. He's oh, not no. limiting his offensive gibberish to vaccine hysteria, although it's a big part of his pu- fucking platform. He's also ramping up the rhetoric on his pro-Putin war cheerleading. Charming. <laughs> love war. Peace, love, light, and artillery shells, you fucking cunt. So while Pete Evans has proven himself to be a vile narcissist in a state of humanity at the best of times, this is a low even for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just scummy shit. So while most of the content that pushes his pro-Putin narrative is shared from other pages, you know, he parrots stuff. Pete doesn't have a lot of original thoughts in his little tiny salmon brain, so I understand why he presses the share button more than he presses his QWERTY keyboard. But he managed to pull together a couple of comments on the bombing of a maternity hospital in Ukraine in this shitty podcast appearance that Cam filtered out for us, alleging that, of course, it was, in fact, a false flag perpetrated by the Ukrainians and the Azov Nazi fucking group as a propaganda piece. Now, fuck you, Pete. I mean, fuck you, Pete, so much. The yeah, evidence that's that Pete, really bad. It's just such... It's just gross. I mean, you don't know shit. All you did is you parroted some pro-Putin propaganda because you're a fucking moron who only believes in things that go against the mainstream narrative with, I don't know, what, reporters on the ground and people actually fucking view it, like witnessing it in person. No, you know a lot more from your fucking Northern Rivers <laughs> fucking hideaway in Yukai on a fucking mountain. So the evidence for this that Pete posted on his, on his Telegram is just astoundingly weak. Pete doesn't need evidence. He just nah. needs vibes, man. And this is like I was saying, man, because, <laughs> He posts basically because Hillary Clinton tweeted about it that it has to be false. It yeah. sounds like a joke, but this is actually his fucking logic. And this is the logic <laughs> that has so guided him works. to ruin his life. It's so sad to watch. Pete posted this real gotcha moment where one of the women pictured in the maternity ward attack just happens to be an Instagram influencer who flogs makeup for money on her profile, right. blah, blah. How does this prove that it was a false flag attack and that she's some sort of crisis actor? It doesn't. But in his world, you don't need proof. You just Mm. need vibes, bro. You just share stuff and just like everyone can make their own mind because like (laughs) I'm I'm just providing information. No, you're not. None of this comes as a surprise. You're a propagandist, Pete. You're a pro-Putin propagandist. Ah, you fucking are. You you pissed me off. So none of this really comes as a surprise because like while at the start of the podcast, the motivation behind the week in Pete Evans for me was always this idea that Pete was someone people listened to. But this is when he still had like a million people on Facebook. He had a social media presence. People still respected him. They didn't think he was a Nazi. They didn't know. Uh, Maybe he wasn't even a Nazi then, who knows? But the disinformation he peddled was inevitably going to be the talk of the town because he had such reach and influence. And that was the thing that people, you know, he would post it and then it would become a thing. But unfortunately, you know, those moments are gone. He used to be, as much as I hate to say this, a thought leader in the field of conspiracy theory. And now he's like sort of in the back seat, you know, he's not the driver. 
at he's all. Up the, he's up the back of the bus, yeah. Because nobody fucking cares anymore, mate. Like, you share rubbish to your fairly small following. Look, he's got maybe 12,000 active followers on his page, and that's more than we have, to be fair. But it's a fraction of what it used to be. I'm absolute minnow compared. His desperate attempts to stay relevant completely missed the mark. He's just endlessly sharing Tucker Carlson videos. Who gives a fuck? Q-adjacent hysteria memes from fucking dodgy accounts like Ghost Ezra and Tommy Robinson, and failing to capture the imagination of the movement that he seems to actually disregard as basically unimportant and uninteresting. You never post about the movement. Why do you expect them to take their cues from you? And it seems like the feeling is mutual because they don't seem to be checking your post, PD. <laughs> They're not taking their thoughts from you, champion. They're not, not sharing, please. No one's fucking interested. But as people aren't dying from the fucking jab, and his oh. desperation to say, I told you so, still lingers in the background, we're going to see this idiot pushing these wild narratives built on complete lies to maintain a sense of fear and anxiety to the few sheep he still has left in his flock. Everyone's going to die, the world is evil, and life is fucking terrifying. <laughs> this little fucker- Please love and rainbows. Exactly. I mean, this little bastard had the audacity to share a meme from David Avocado Wolf that says, this is a quote, my favorite conspiracy theory is that everything is going to be okay. I mean, is it, Pete? Because no. I just read your telegram and I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> everything you post is fear porn. How about you stop trying to scare the shit out of everyone that listens to you and just be fucking glad you're wrong about this elaborate depopulation campaign you fucking made up with your mates by these shady forces in powerful cabals of Jews, of course. No, no, no. He would rather see billions die because he wants to say, I told you so. Or I told her so. I told her so, yeah. I told her so. I told her so. <laughs> Fuck you, Pete Evans. You, you are just such... I'm so, so over these people. Jalepinos. You want the Jalepino... <laughs> Jalepino... <laughs> you want the Jalepino crisps, Pete? Love Jalepinos. You have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. If you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Uh, Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Currency Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily, but promoting a podcast is easier said than done. We can't yep. share this shit ourselves. It's embarrassing. We're trying, but like we if you share it, this every week, but it is important. Tell your friends. I mean, because like when our numbers go up, it just makes it all worthwhile. And if you like the podcast, we'll keep doing it, but we need hearts and minds. Mm, yeah. The Patreon is up and running and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way as yeah. well. Look, for as little as five bucks a month, you get access to all sorts of bonus content. We do this thing where we take the piss out of the people's treaty. It's great. There's samples online, you know, on the on the main feed if you want to get a, a bit of a taste of it. But it also really helps. And not only that, but when I get a little patron thing saying, you know, we've got a five or ten bucks, it warms me heart. And yeah. sometimes my heart needs warming because sometimes it gets a little cold. It, yeah, Joel needs to have a warmed heart. I need a warmed heart, especially mm. after being hung. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Did did sort your trousers as well. Yeah, it was unfortunate. And if we get to a thousand patrons, we promise that we will go up to Lismore and ask people for money. Yes. Uh, just walk around looking at people who are just scraping the, the the remnants of their of their belongings together out of the mud and saying, uh, "Hey, can you can you drop us a pineapple?" I'm also going to do this in three hundred dollar jeans, mind you. I'm just giving you <laughs> advance warning. <laughs> sure, you lost a house, but we produce a podcast. You know, oh, yeah. it's a lot of hard work. So we deserve work. the money, so flip us a pineapple. Will you? More than those flood nerds, fuck them. So join up at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to inform us that you've just built a house on our land and have 10 minutes to get out, or you'll throw an axe at us. Fair is fair, though. Law is law. Even Gotta if follow it's, the law. Gotta even if it's law. from the 8th century. Fuck. Law's law. Law's law. Thanks, That's listeners. It. See you next Shows time. Shows the deeds and titles. Deeds and titles. Deeds and titles. Thanks, listeners. See you next yeah. time.